Good evening. How are you? Good. Well, welcome to Sacred Gathering. Last night, uh, the Lord moved in a mighty way. And, um, and so today, we come ready and willing uh, to be led where he wants to lead us. And so um, today, have you come hungry? I'm not talking physically. I know somebody here is probably like, I could really use a cheese pizza right now. But do you know what? The Lord, the Lord is transforming his people. And so would you please stand? We're going to read God's word tonight. And then we'll sing and then we'll continue in the journey that the Lord has us. This comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 11. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you, by the power of your Spirit, would illuminate your word that we've just read. up, just saying, Lord, let your word be illuminated. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us tonight. Jesus, be glorified tonight. And Father, would your will be done in us, through us, among us. Voice. It 
Of our praise, let there be no higher name. 
Father, no more or greater, profounder words than that. The cross was enough. But in the cross, we also understand that tied into it, which makes the cross enough, was your resurrection. Because we not only died with you, we were risen with you in new life, new creations, sons of the living God, daughters of the living God. Now have the privilege to come into your presence with no fear of being struck dead because of our sin. Father, we praise you and thank you for this opportunity of coming together, expressing our love, seeking you out, hearing from you, making personal supplication, making serious intercession for each other and for those that we minister to in the world. Guide us tonight, we pray in the powerful, loving name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, here are the instructions. You can be seated if you'd like. Last night, if you were here, you know we have different movements, and there's some of the things you do individually, some you do with partners. That can be one or two other people, so no more than a triad, if you will. And then those partners will come together in huddles, so you can have no more than six in a huddle. That makes hopefully perfect sense. But let's quietly and quickly, first of all, find your partner or partners to develop that two or three. Do that now. All right, I think you've got that down. Now that's, that partnership finds another partnership, you create a huddle, figure out who that will be with quickly. And as soon as you figure out who the huddle's gonna be with, get in that huddle right now. Tonight, tonight, our focus is going to be on the three intimacies that are essential for every follower of Christ. If we, at any time in our lives, extract ourselves from one of those three intimacies, it derails the direction of God within our lives on a daily basis. But for before we investigate that, I want us to be reminded of something. We have a God who is totally crazy about us. 
I have this silly image of every day God calls Gabriel over and says, hey, have I shown you the latest picture of Jeff lately? <laughs> I am crazy about the boy. Because listen to these verses. I want, I want these verses to saturate your heart and your minds. Jeremiah 24-7, God tells us through Jeremiah that God is going to give us a heart so that we might know him. We talked about that intimacy with God. That can't happen unless he gives us the heart to know him. And he declares, and I will be your God to his people. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, the Lord your God is in your midst. He is a mighty one who saves. He rejoices over you with gladness. He is quiet in his love and he exalts over you with shouts of joy. Now let me just spend just a moment to help you understand that word exult is a word that flows from the most primitive and violent words because it means any violent emotion. So God in his righteous violence shouts your names in the heavens. Think about that. When's the last time you thought about God in the heavens going, I love you, Jeff. Yes, you're mine. I mean, we normally don't think that. But the scriptures communicate that to us. In Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18, it says, how precious are your thoughts towards us, O God. How vast is the sum if I were to number them, they would outnumber the sand. Now, it's a lot easier for me to make it to the beach than possibly you. But the next time you walk on a beach, you walk, next time you walk on some sand, even if it's in a sandbox, I want you to think, how precious are your thoughts towards me, O oh God? How vast is the sum? If I were to count them, they would outnumber the sand. God's thoughts turn towards you more than your thoughts will ever turn towards him. That's humbling. But probably my favorite is Isaiah 62, verse 5. In June, I will be married 44 years to a girl from East Tennessee. No, no. No. If she was a here, here, you should applaud. Me, it's piece of cake. <laughs> but listen to what the psalmist, the Isaiah says. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride. I can still remember on that hilltop that I bush hogged days before in East Tennessee with a bird bath as the altar and I'm standing by that bird. I'm a product of the 70s and 60s. And my wife was behind a fence row over to my left. And I remember seeing her for the first time as she came around there in the wedding dress. And I'm, of course, I'm like this. But inside, listen to what God says. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so our God rejoices over you 
When I saw her inside, I'm going, yes, she's mine, yes! <laughs> so everything we do tonight, everything that happens in your life, if you're a follower of Christ, that is the God who expressed his love towards you. So in your prayer huddles, I want you to verbalize your rejoicing over that love with each other. In those huddles, verbalize to each other the great love of God towards us. Father, Father, my prayer for us is one that we would capture the full weight and meaning of your celebration over us. But too, Lord, I pray that will never move us towards arrogance. That will never move us towards, look what we have. Father, that should always move us towards, have this mind that was also in Christ Jesus. It's the mind of humility. So may that be our response to our greatest joy as we relate to each other and to the world in which you have sent us in. For I pray these things in Christ's name, amen. The first intimacy that we're going to talk about is the intimacy with the person of God, and we talked about it last night. That intimacy with God that he invites us into when Jesus is praying in John 17, starting in verse two, since you have given me authority over all flesh to give eternal life to those whom you have given me, and this is eternal life, that they might know God, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. But as I was praying today, the thought that came to my mind, there might be a lot of people in this room that are going, okay, Jeff, that sounds great, but what does that look like? That's a question that my wife always asks me. What does it look like? Give me something tangible. Just don't talk about this ethereal concept of intimacy with God. So what I'd like to do is read a portion of scripture over you because it expresses the intimacy of David towards the Father. But before I read it, I wanna share something that happened to me 20 years ago when I was reading this passage. I got to verse eight, and verse eight closes with, my soul clings to thee. And after I finish that, it transitions then to another subject matter in this psalm I was just kind of feeling pretty good about myself and I sensed the Spirit of God saying, is that true within your life, Jeff? Can you echo with authenticity what David is saying in the Psalm? And I said, yes, Father, you better believe it, yes. But it was one of those moments where he wouldn't let me get away with a very simple, shallow answer. I had a sense God was saying, would you mind if I exposed what was in your heart? And I think I said, be gentle. And what he exposed was this, I was believing the hype of what people were saying about me. And it had 
veiled my understanding of the reality of what I thought was an intimacy with God, but all it was was more show than anything else. And I thought, Father, how can I have the love that David had for you? How can I have that passion? So let me read it, and then hopefully I'll share enough that can help you in the next prayer movement with your prayer partners on how God would lead you in praying that you would have that kind of similar love as expressed by David for him. David starts out, O God, that out, my God, I earnestly seek thee. My flesh yearns for thee. My spirit thirsts for thee in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life. David understood that. I don't know if I get that yet. My lips will praise you. I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Listen to the words of David and allow it to guide your prayer for each other and yourself in your prayer huddles, that God would instill within your heart and life a passion for him that matches David's passion for him, a man who is called a man after God's own heart. Father, in this moment of prayer, lead our supplication and our intercession for each other as we pray and seek after you.
Jeff, you showed us what it looks like. What do we do with that? Do we try harder? Our passionate love for God is not produced by our effort. It's not produced by singing louder or softer or whatever emotion that we can kindle up within ourselves. Our passionate love for God is produced by God himself. And it flows out of the second intimacy. Jesus says, unless you abide in my word, unless you abide in my word, you cannot be my disciples. Abiding doesn't mean we just read it so we can check off our boxes or just hear of it when we come in a Sunday service, our Bible on tape, or to study it in a small group Bible study. Those are great ways of engaging the Word, but abiding in the Word takes memorizing and meditating on the Word. I knew when God opened my heart to the reality of where I was in that living room in Norman, Oklahoma, when I was reflecting on Psalm 63, I knew it was impossible. I knew I couldn't ever come close to that kind of passion for him. So I took those eight verses and I began to memorize them. And then I began to ask the Holy Spirit, would you take the truths of these scriptures and drive it deep within the recesses of my soul and that as you give me the fruit of understanding, that you would then take that truth and allow it to bear greater fruit in a passion 
for him. It is something that he produces in our lives as we intimately interact with his word because the knowledge of God doesn't come through some magical mystery to her. It comes through drinking deeply and feeding deeply upon his word. So in your prayer huddles, I want you to go ahead and pull out your Bible, whatever way it's an old-fashioned one or a traditional one or whether it's on your phone or something. Pull it up and you're going to go to Psalm 119. I'm going to read verses 25 through 32. And then I'm going to give you an exercise, if you will, of prayer, of utilizing the Word of God to pray for your intimacy and understanding with the Word of God. Now, as I read it, I want you to find six phrases that are expressions of personal supplication related to the Word of God. Again, six personal prayers of supplication as we engage the Word of God. Now, these are just six examples of probably 40 from this chapter. So as I read it, I want you to identify what those phrases are. I'll help you on the first one. And then when I'm finished, you're going to take those phrases and you utilize it as your guide to pray with each other as it relates to the Word of God, all right? You're going to use the Scripture to guide you in your prayers for each other related to, I pray is a desire to intimately engage His Word. To not just read it, study it, hear it, but to memorize it and to meditate deeply on it until you meet him face to face. The psalmist continues in verse 25. My soul clings to the dust. Here's the first point of, of supplication. Give me life according to your word. When I told of, when I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Take that scripture and make it your prayer for each other in your prayer huddles. Father, I pray for this church that there would be people who walk in intimacy with your word. That is the path of intimacy with you. Father, I pray that they will ask the Spirit of God to drive it deep within the recesses of their soul so it would produce the fruit of passionate love for you 
the fruit of obedience to your word, the fruit of celebration and praise, the fruit of loving one another. Father, that we would be people, we say we're people of the word. May we be people that live out the intimacy of your word. Amen. The next intimacy I would like to introduce is the intimacy of community. In John 17, from verses 20 through 23, Jesus prays just an amazing thing over us. And I can say over us because of verse 20, notice what it says in verse 20. I not only pray for these only, but for those who will believe in me through their words. He's praying for us today. Two, almost 2,000 years ago, on that Thursday evening, the night of his arrest, when he was praying, he was praying for not just his followers in the room, he was praying for you and me. And I would argue he is praying it today as Hebrews 7.25 tells us, he lives to ever intercede on our behalf. And listen to how he prays for us in this section of scripture. He says that they, body of Christ, the people of this church called LifePoint and the other churches that flow out of this church, that they would be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they would also be in us so the world may believe that you sent me. Let me break that down for a minute before I get to 22 and 23. He is praying that the church, the local manifestation of the body of Christ, would be a living reflection of the intimacy of the Father and Son to the world in which it is planted in. How is Smyrna, Tennessee? How is the greater Nashville area? How does Murfreesboro, Tennessee? I've got to get the free in there. (laughs) How are they ever going to believe that the Father sent the Son? How are they ever going to get even a little glimpse of capturing the intimacy between the Father and the Son? It is to watch the intimacy between you with each other. An intimacy that is not based on similar points of view, similar socioeconomic status, similar political ideologies, similar, you just go down the list, racial background, ethnic background, whatever it is. The beauty of Christ is he broke down the walls of separation. When Paul is talking about that in Ephesians 2, he's talking about the separation of ethnic groups. He broke down the wall of separation. See, a church that looks like each other is not a church that reflects the intimacy of the Father and the Son, but a church that brings together men and women from different backgrounds, different experiences, different economic status, all the other of the aboves that I've already shared, come together for one reason, because Jesus Christ has broken the wall of separation. And we are to be the living manifestation to the world that he's done that. As we yield passionately to pursuit of loving him 
in the context of his word that brings about the love of community, intimacy of community. That's the first clause of verse 21. The second clause of verse 21 is that they would be in us. That is Jesus' invitation, not just to us individually to experience the intimacy of God. We must experience the intimacy of God in community because he is inviting the community to experience the intimacy of the Father and the Son. And then he makes the statement related to his mission that we're going to focus more on tomorrow that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given to me, I have given to them. I believe the glory he's talking about is the cross because it's the only way I'm gonna love someone who's not like me is to die to self. The glory that you've given to me, I have given to them that they would be one just as we are one. I am in them, you are in me, that they would be perfectly one, that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you love me. With that prayer partner, I want you to say, I I would love for you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in how you're gonna pray. I remember when God opened my eyes to verse 21, I wanted to fall on my face, prostrate, saying, I'm so sorry that I have not appreciated the intimacy that you've called us to in the body of Christ. You might pray as an intercession that it might happen. It might be confession. I don't know where God's going to lead you, but allow the Spirit of God to lead you in that prayer time. That first and foremost, in this place, the barriers would be removed, the walls would be broken down so that this world will know the Father sent the Son. With your prayer partners, pray as he guides. The story of the ages 
This is by far the sweetest thing When all the earth proclaims His praises Bringing honor to
Jesus, my response was, I can't. I cannot. And then you say, my son, you were crucified with me. And now you walk in me by faith. And I live my life in you. I'm not asking you to be obedient. I'm asking you to yield as I live obediently through your life. I'm asking you to so abide in my word and chase after me always. Oh, Father. Hear our praise and hear our prayers. And hear our desperation. and our need that you have filled. In this last movement of prayer, you can pray by yourself, find a friend, pray with your huddle, whatever God lays on your heart. But at any time when we chase after him, when we worship him, when we lay aside the things that hinder us, he begins to speak and prompt our hearts. If you want to pray by yourself or with somebody else, I want you to ask the Father to empower you, to fill you, to obey the promptings that he is prompting your heart with. Whatever it is, speaking to someone at work, a neighbor, asking forgiveness for someone in this room, whatever it is, it is essential that our words and our praise are lived out through our walking with you in obedience to your desire and your will. Guide us in this moment of prayer as we bring that, as we ask you to empower us to follow through with your prompting in our hearts and lives.
is more Where grace is found Is where you are Come on And where you are Lord, I am free Holiness is Christ in me Lord, I need you Oh, I need you Every hour I need you My one defense My righteousness Oh God, how I need you So teach my song to rise Temptation comes my way When I cannot stand I'll fall on you It's Jesus, you're my hope Come on, teach my song so Teach my song to last you When temptation comes and when I cannot stand, I'll fall on you.
I can't wait till tomorrow night. Um, don't grow weary and don't give up. Don't let anything keep you from being here tomorrow night because I know God wants to do more. God wants to do greater. God wants to do bigger things in your life and in the life of this church. God is doing something in so many people's lives, and don't you miss it. Again, there's going to be all kinds of things. The kids are going to scream. There's going to be all kinds of things at work. There's going to be all kinds of traffic. Everything, uh, man, uh, everything is going to keep you, try to keep you. The enemy's going to try to use everything to say, you don't need to go tonight. Uh, finish this thing out strong. Finish this thing out strong. Uh, let, me, let, me tell you how, let me tell you how God's work. The, the, the song, The Wonder, that we wrote, uh, that, that we sang, the third song prior. Do you remember that song? <laughs> I, I, I want to say this, and I want you to get to try. <laughs> we wrote that today. <laughs> actually, actually, I can say we. Travis came in my office literally at 4 o'clock with his guitar in his hand. He just barged in my office with a smile on his face. I said, he's got a song. And he just started singing this song. And I had the ability to change one word. So I have writing creds now. <laughs> that was at four, and these guys sang that tonight. Is that amazing or what, man? And it's going to be a beautiful song. That really is called singing a new song to the Lord right there. Hey, guys, I'm excited. I am grateful as your pastor. I know that David and R.C. as the pastors of our Riverdale, and I know that they are grateful for what's going on within the bodies that, that make up the body of Christ. Thank you for being here. Thank you again. I love seeing your kids. I, my kids, I love seeing uh, you worship the Lord, and I am so grateful for what God is doing keep it up. Don't let anything keep you from being here tomorrow night. God bless you. I hope you want more because that's the way we want to leave you, wanting more. Come back tomorrow night and you'll get it, all right? God bless you. Have a great night.